Bouncing ball fielded at the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding. Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. The right guard. Still going to the four yard line. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Welcome in to another week's episode of the Front Five Football Podcasts with your hosts, Colton Cull and Audrey Mallows. Audrey, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Thank you, sir. Another great week of NFL action in the books. Really enjoyed week eight. How about yourself? I know you enjoyed week eight more than I did, but I had my expectations where they needed to be. Your Buffalo Bills whooped up on the Green Bay Packers. And as much expected from my end, I'm sure you're excited heading into week nine. 100%. Oh, it's a fake. Direct snap. Boswell throws. And it is caught by Bill in the waiver for a touchdown. And jumping into the first segment here on our Front 5 football podcast, going to go over the injuries around the league. Start uh, with the AFC there with Audrey, and I'll jump in and cover the NFC. Audrey, injuries on the AFC front. Thank you, Colton. Going to start with the Buffalo Bills that we just mentioned. We had right tackle Spencer Brown, number 79. He didn't play this week because of an ankle injury. We have Joe Haig, a tackle for the Browns. He's actually been placed on IR um, in the concussion protocol, which happened before the game. Justin McRae, guard for the Texans, he left the game and also entered the concussion protocol, so not good to see two of those this week. We had AJ Can, guard for the Texans, uh, he didn't play due to an illness. And the last one I have is Liam Eichenberg, tackle number 74 for the Dolphins. Although he has been playing guard for them, he was actually carted off the field during their game with a knee injury and is on IR. All right, thank you, Audrey. And jumping into the NFC, got three injuries to note here. First off, Arizona Cardinals, Rodney Hudson, center, number 61, a very experienced 12-year player. He is uh, listed as out as of yesterday, and Monday, it sounds like his knee uh, won't play in, in Sunday's game versus Seattle. And jumping on to the second injury here, Chicago Bears center, Lucas Patrick, originally drafted out of Green Bay. He is listed as out and was also placed on the IR so he's got a toe injury uh, placed on the IR actually Thursday of last week, but that's new news for our show here. Um, so Chicago Bears offensive line is going to have some depth working there. And the Seattle Seahawks with my last injury here, Austin Bly, number 63. He's a seven-year player out of Iowa. And as of yesterday, he's listed as questionable. Uh, Pete Carroll said Monday uh, that his knee is still pretty sore, but his status for week nine remains unclear. So we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that one as Seattle is in first place and, and playing good football. And that is it for the injuries, AFC, NFC, and on to the next segment. Fake to Martin, then a dump, and it is juggled and caught by Jumbo Elliott. All right, on to the next segment here. We're going to talk about our best, our worst, and the honorable mentions in the AFC and the NFCs. We will start over in the AFC with Audrey. Thank you, sir. I'm going to go with the old faithful sandwich, going to give you some good, some bad, and then finish off with some good again. So with that said, I'm going to start off with my honorable mention. This week, it goes to the Tennessee Titans. There may be some stats in there that get you thinking as to why has he picked them as an honorable mention, but don't worry. I'm going to get to that. So get through the uh, the paperwork to start with. So three sacks for 15 yards, 
Only 33% on third down, um, three penalties. But the reason why I've given them an honourable mention this week is because they got 314 yards in the running game. That's not all just Derek Henry. That is down to the O-line as well with how they lead the way for him. And thinking of that, having a quick check on next-gen stats, was able to see that a lot of those rushing yards for Derek Henry came through the left side of the line. Now, traditionally, the running game operates through the right side, the power side, and the left side is more about protecting the quarterback's blind side. But the Tennessee Titans decided to go against that grain and uh, run up the left side, uh, led by their guard, Aaron Brewer, and uh, left tackle Dennis Ailey. Oh, sorry, Dennis Daly. Now we have the worst team of the week, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers giving up six sacks for 40 yards, giving up four penalties, only 8% on third down. That's probably one of the lowest I think I've seen this year. Surprising fact for you, all starters on their O-line are actually healthy. So this is their first choice O-line that are giving up these kind of numbers. Um, And that's an O-line that has center Mason Cole, guard James Daniels, both in their fifth year in the league. So they really need to step up. And then I'm going to finish with the best performance of the week. And that goes to... The Baltimore Ravens, they gave up three sacks for 16 yards, but when it comes to discipline, zero penalties. Again, a big number in the rushing game, 231 rushing yards, not all just their running back, admittedly. 46% on third down, and again, they've got their starting O-line back together, which includes left tackle Ronnie Stanley and centre Tyler Linderbaum. So uh, what have you got for us over in the NFC, sir? Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, jumping into the NFC, I'm going to do the sandwich as well, and I'm going to go best to begin. And I'm going to start. I think they've they've been my best two or three weeks, and and it's the Dallas Cowboys offensive line coached by Joe Philbin. Another great week uh, taking on the Chicago Bears. Obviously, not the strongest opponent, but great game. We'll note their time of possession was pretty low at 23 minutes uh, and 50 seconds, but 24 first downs, nine of 11 on third down. Uh, did have one turnover. Uh, there was one offensive line penalty, but 200 yards rushing, 250 yards passing, gave up just one sack. And, you know, that team is stacked with a couple first rounders, rookie Tyler Smith, number 73, first round pick out of Tulsa, first round pick out of Notre Dame about nine years ago, Zach Martin, number 70. And just their center is playing phenomenal. He's a fourth round pick out of Wisconsin. Tyler uh, Baidez, number 63, playing really well. So another week where Dallas Cowboys are my my best of the week, worst of the week, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this is the second time they've been the worst of the week for me. Coached by Joe Gilbert there, game against the Baltimore Ravens, tough opponent, and pretty awful performance. Just 44 yards rushing, three sacks for 20 yards. Did have 325 yards passing, uh, committed one offensive line penalty, had a turnover, Horrible third down conversion percentage. Uh, they were four of 13, so pretty low percentage there. And awful, awful time of possession in the game where they, they obviously needed good time of possession, but 21 minutes and 37 seconds. And uh, they were one for one on first down, but uh, tough game there. Pretty awful performance starting with that offensive line. Just can't get anything going uh, from a, a rushing attack. Um, obviously they've got some talent and, and they're getting healthier. They got Tristan Wirfs there, first round pick out of Iowa. Uh, Shaq Mason, you know, veteran who's been playing really well, number 69 and Donovan Smith, number 76, a, a great veteran there drafted out of Penn State by Tampa. So not a lot of excuses, but some pretty bad performance. 
And then uh, finishing the sandwich here, we've got the honorable mention for the NFC this week, and that goes to the New Orleans Saints with their big win over the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, offensive line coached by Doug Marone, and some three first-round picks on that team. They've got Andres Pete, number 75, a guard, first-round pick out of Stanford, Ryan Ramsky, uh, number 71, six-year player, first-round pick out of Wisconsin, and then their other first-round pick starter is uh, out of Michigan, uh, Cesar Ruiz, number 51 at guard, uh, but awesome performance. They gave up no sacks, great balance attack, 136 yards rushing, 230 yards passing. Did commit two offensive line penalties, uh, but phenomenal uh, time of possession, 34 minutes and 51 seconds. Did have 22 first downs and uh, third down conversion, 7 of 12, so a really good conversion uh, percentage there and, and great balance attack and they got the big win over the Raiders uh, so that's my uh, best and worst and honorable mention for the NFC and that uh, rounds out our segment play clock rolling again third and goal play fake and then wide wide open Anthony Costanzo on a tackle eligible <laughs> Tackle eligible. There is no eligible receiver on the line of scrimmage. And watch this dance. This may be the best one I've ever seen. And on to the final segment of this Front 5 football podcast. Going to talk about some upcoming games in each conference that are we are looking forward to and to keep an eye on. And then dive into some offensive line penalty stats and data that Audrey has taken some time to, to compile and prepare. And uh, looking forward to jumping in. We'll start, Audrey. Any upcoming games in the NFC for Week Nine? I'm sorry, for the AFC Week Nine that you are looking forward. Yes, absolutely. I've got a couple of games, and I've made sure I've stuck in conference because I know how you like to always pick those games where it's an interconference game. So uh, I'll leave those to you moving forward. I've gone with. What used to be one of the clashes of the AFC used to be a big time battle. Now I'm more interested in it because they both have pretty solid O-lines and that is the Indianapolis Colts versus the New England Patriots. And then we've got two new foes that are having a bit of a surgence over the last few years and that is the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Or sorry, just Tennessee versus Kansas. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the Tennessee rush does against that Kansas defense can they uh, control the rush or will the Tennessee O-line um, have a field day on that Kansas defense looking forward to those games myself uh, I did I, so I got two games here and neither were uh, interconference so we might have to note the ones that we missed but uh, I think last week I had three teams in the NFC West this week another three teams out of my two games that are NFC West and uh, the first one is Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern is uh, Arizona Cardinals hosting the Seattle Seahawks. As I mentioned, that's a tight race there in that division. Seahawks are, are leading that division with five wins. Be, uh, be a good game and, and expect, uh, I think, yeah, the Cardinals are, are, are favored by um, two and uh, over under 49 on that game, but be a good game to watch. The other game, Sunday, 4.25 p.m. Eastern is the L.A. Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really looking forward to that one. Two teams that are kind of struggling, having some issues, injuries, uh, offensive line injuries so far this season have have uh, affected those teams in various weeks. 
Uh, Buccaneers being at home are favored by three. Um, so that's going to be another another game I'm looking forward to seeing. Were there any we missed that were interconference to note? So I would say there's some intriguing matchups, I think, in the uh, interconference bracket. And uh, we've got the Falcons at the Chargers. So it will be interesting to see what happens between those two because they've kind of both really underperformed this year. So interesting there. Um, Texans at Eagles. Can we see the upset of all upsets there? Will the Texans O-line hold up against the Philadelphia pass rush? That would be a, a great one to watch. And I think, oh, and, uh, the final one, uh, which is also the, the Monday night, uh, yeah, Monday night game. And that is the New Orleans Saints versus the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you, Audrey. And I do have to note, as you mentioned, the Atlanta Falcons are underperformed. They are in first place in the South. So Atlanta Falcons are leading the NFC South. See if they can hang on. And just one other thing I have to mention is, uh, you know, there are other teams outside of the NFC West, right? Just if you're going to keep picking them as your favorite games, come on, buddy. <laughs> they are boring. There's no good matchups in the uh, any other teams. <laughs> Look at those other eight, 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 twelve teams, and the the AFC or the NFC West is the only thing that's intriguing right now. <laughs> Fair enough, buddy. Okay, so I've had a quick look at the year to date, and because everyone who knows me knows I love my spreadsheets and especially my pivot tables. The uh, I've broken it down into the conferences to see who the most penalised conference is and and who is the least, and then also which teams are the uh, the biggest offenders. So, any ideas, Colton, as to who you think may be the biggest offenders? Which conference do you think would be up there with the uh, the uh, worst disciplined O lines? The AFC and the NFC. I will say the NFC has the. You know what? I'm going to say the AFC has the most penalized offensive lines. And you would be correct. So having a quick look at it, we've got the AFC East and the AFC South. Both those divisions have the uh, most penalized O-lines with 59 penalties for both the AFC East and the AFC South so far to date. And then the least penalized uh, division instead of conference, I think I worded that badly before, the NFC North. So only 39 penalties across four teams in the NFC North. And then when we break it down into teams, so unsurprising that when you look at the teams, that three of the teams or three out of the four teams that have the least penalties against them for the O-line, and again, this is just purely O-line, Green Bay has nine, Chicago and Kansas only have eight, and Minnesota has the least number of O-line penalties against them so far this year with seven. Wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, revealing, and Minnesota's been an honorable mention and a best uh, throughout the year. And uh, obviously, that offensive line has contributed to them being a uh, first place, and I think six and one, or yeah, six and one at into week nine. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll finish off then with the worst offenders. So the teams that have the most O line penalties so far this year, we have uh, Denver, who have committed seventeen penalties, Seattle, who have committed seventeen penalties. And uh, Pittsburgh, who have committed 19 penalties as a team. And and one thing I think it's fair that I mentioned, the website we get this information from, is nflpenalties.com. Always have to quote your references. That's where we're getting all of this breakdown from. They do a great job of providing both the individual players, the teams, week by week, what the penalty is, whether it was accepted or not. So if you're into your, your stats on, on the penalties, then 
that's definitely the website. Once again, it's nflpenalties.com. Awesome resource, and I must say, offensive lines so far are just shy of uh, 3,000 yards, 2,979 yards so far. That's an interesting stat. Where'd you get that one from, buddy? Same website, NFL Penalties. So, Oh, uh, yes, the number of yards weekend, they've given up in penalties, you mean, sorry. Exactly. Yeah, they'll be up over 3,000 after this weekend, I'm sure. Wowzers. Yeah, that's a, a monster amount of yards. When you start talking about things like that, these are the, the great things that we're looking to get into and to break down and provide you with this kind of information, which we don't think you're going to be able to get anywhere else. In fact, we know you're not going to be able to get anywhere else, which is why we do what we do. Isn't that right, sir? That's right. And one of these weeks, we'll have to dive in and kind of look at the most penalized, see how many rookies have been playing on those teams, you know, the, the veterans and, uh, you know, coaching staff, how long the offensive line coach has been there, head coach has been there. I'm sure there's going to be some correlation between penalties and uh, tenure and experience from the players as well as the coaching staffs. What are your thoughts? I agree. It makes sense that the newer the player is to the league, you would have thought uh, with that inexperience comes the mental errors and with mental errors comes penalties. So it kind of makes sense that you'd expect it from the younger players. But who knows? We'll see. We might be surprised. There might be some veterans out there that maybe we have to say they're past it after six, seven years in the league, depending on how many penalties they give away. Yes, I'm looking forward to uh, analyzing more throughout the season. Likewise. But that's all I have for you in terms of stats. And I think that's, yeah, that's pretty much me uh, me done for the week, buddy. How about yourself? Yeah, thank you for that. That was a great talking piece. And, and we probably ran over a little bit longer time, but always a good conversation. And, and for those who listen through the end of the final uh, segment, thank you for, for listening all the way through. I know we shoot for 15 minutes, but sometimes there's good topics and we, we go a little longer. So that rounds out our uh, week eight coverage, teeing off uh, week nine upcoming. And, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Audrey? You enjoy some football, and, and uh, any last words for our listeners? Yes, I'm going to go and enjoy a nice glass of, glass of milk before I go to bed. Barber interception. McGarrett Blunt remains the back for Josh Freeman. Freeman looks, throws, that's a touchdown! Donald Penn on a tackle-eligible play.